another one of those moments. In Proverbs 18.10, that will resonate. That song we just sang, it will resonate because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And those who love Him, they will run to Him. And when they do, He will surround them. He will protect them. And they will be safe. Proverbs 18.10. This morning, as we pick up another chapter in the life of Moses, another one of those life-altering encounters, I want you to be able to place yourself perhaps in this story in some capacity. God wants to have an encounter with us. Worship is the expression of that. But worship comes out of us. It's an expression when we encounter Him. And real worship flows from a real encounter with God. It's when something is happening on the inside of you or something is happening around you and all you can do to be able to deal with that and face that and overcome that, all you can do is run to the Lord. All you can do is stand and watch the Lord deal with that on your behalf. And when that happens, when you have one of those moments where God comes through on your behalf, then it will elicit from you a response toward Him of praise, a response of worship, a response of bringing Him glory because He's that kind of God for those who want to run to Him. Exodus chapter 14. You don't have to stand this morning, but I want to read to you. It's a few verses, but it's that story. You know, those stories. We, we talked about a burning bush moment, and we all would like to have one of those burning bush moments in life where we see something so amazing that catches our attention that we will turn aside and face God and watch Him do something great. We need those kind of fire within moments. But we also need moments like this, because this is another one from the book of Exodus, another one of those moments that's quite unheard of, unreal, and yet... When these type of things happen, they bring from us this response, hey, we have encountered God, and therefore we know who He is and we want to worship Him. I'm going to start with verse 11, and the Bible says this. Now, obviously this is in the context of Moses having had a burning bush experience, encountering God, God telling him to go and to lead the process of his people being released from Egypt. And so all of that happens. And then we come to this moment. They, the people, said to Moses. Is it because there were no graves in Egypt. That you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us this way. Bringing us out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt. Saying leave us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Now, I'm going to pause right there before we continue. What has created this? Well, God has come through over and over and over again on behalf of his people. Has he done that for you, by the way? Over and over and over again, God has proven himself faithful. But when we find ourselves in a fix... When we find ourselves in a circumstance that we can't control, in something that we're not certain of, how quickly are we as human beings to then forget about his faithfulness? Forget about all that he's done. Well, that's, that's what's happening right here with his people. And the reason it's happening is the Egyptian army that released them has changed their mind. 
We no longer want those people to go free. We kind of like them serving us. So let's go and do away with all of them. So here comes Pharaoh. Here comes the army. And in the same breath as all of this is happening, the people want to turn their back on God. They want to turn their back on Moses. They want to turn their back on freedom. They want to turn their back on what God could bring them. And they want to go back and live under bondage. They want to go back and live without encountering a God who could do miracles on their behalf if they would trust Him. So they want to go back. Now, it would be easy for us to throw stones at them, right? But I know for myself, for you, for us, there are those moments where God has proven Himself faithful. And yet, in the midst of life, we'll have those moments where we still want to do it our way. And those things will hinder an encounter with God on our part. But they won't hinder Him. He's still going to come through on behalf of His people. So the story continues. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Stand by and see. Watch the salvation of the Lord which He will accomplish For you today, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silence. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through in the midst of the sea on dry land. And as for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. So then the angel of the Lord, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them, and it stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord swept back the sea by a strong east wind all night. And turned the sea into dry land so that the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit. And all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And at the morning watch, the Lord looked down. The Lord looked down. And he looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. And he brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. He made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them 
against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and over their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel, they, they walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. And the waters were like a wall to them on the right hand and on their left. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day. From the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptian dead on the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power. Which the Lord had used. Against the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord. And they believed in the Lord. And in his servant Moses. One more verse. It won't be on the screen for you. But the very next chapter we're going to talk about this in the weeks ahead. This is what happened. Then Moses and the sons of Israel, they sang a song to the Lord. An encounter with God, it's a life-changing moment. And that life-changing moment, it changes and alters the course of which you are normally headed. And it wakes you up to say, okay, I, I need to go in a better direction because God is leading me somewhere better. God has something better for me and when I encounter him and I trust him he's going to take care of all of the things around me and he has my best in mind and in this passage as we look at what it means to encounter the Lord I want you to look at the necessary change that had to occur in the hearts in the souls in the minds and in the strength of the children of Israel for them to understand who God was and where he was taking them. There's this change that has to occur. That's the life lesson today if you're taking notes. Because a life-altering encounter with God. A life-altering encounter with God. It brings forth out of us a necessary change. A necessary change in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, and what we do with our strength. A life-altering encounter with God. It brings about a necessary change. And what we will look at today is this necessary change that happened in the children of Israel. It was a change that involved their heart. A change that involved their soul, what they believed. It changed how they thought. And it definitely changed how they acted. Now, this encounter is one of those moments. So let's, let's break it down. And let's look at it because I think we can learn from this in the midst of our generation, the battles that we fight, the things that we believe or think that are oftentimes incorrect. Because we want to dictate where we're going. We want to be shaped by where we've come from or what we've been through. And therefore, we have the moments in life where what we're trying to do is accomplish our will, our way by what we think. And we very well could miss a God who is willing to battle on our behalf 
change the way that things are going for us and send us in a much better direction. Even if it takes a miracle to get you there. Even if it's a miracle that you didn't want or you didn't see coming. That's how he works. So when I look at this passage, I see this encounter of God as doing something for them. And likewise, it can do something for you and I. Encountering God. When we encounter, when we encounter God, it allows some things to happen. And the first thing that happens, and this can happen for you, this happens for me, this can happen for us, and it happened for the children of God then, is when you encounter God, it allows this first life-changing moment, this life-altering moment to occur. And that is, when you encounter God the way that He intends for you to encounter Him, it allows us to let go of the lies that bind us. To run to the Lord as our strong tower in the moments where we need a refuge, where we need an answer, where we need salvation. That allows us to run to someone who's not going to lie to us. He never has. He never will. He is a God who always wants the best for you as his child. Always. But to get there in that encounter with him, it causes us to recognize that we have to let go of some things that we cling to. Two. And the children of God then, and I'm smart enough to know because I've lived with you and lived through pandemics and lived through challenges just like you, the children of God today, we have a challenge before us because so many times we're too busy believing the lies of the world instead of listening to the voice of God. And the lies of the world are really, really good. They are lies that come at your mind and affect how you think. They come at your flesh and they affect how you act. They come at your heart and cause you to believe things that are not true. And to encounter the Lord, it creates this moment where we have to begin to let go of some lies. Allowing God to release us and let us go from the lies that bind us up, that keep us down, is very important. The children of God had this thing going on in this moment. Before they got to see this miracle, you get to see what's really going on in their hearts. I mean, listen very closely in verse 11 and 12, and you look and you see what they say. Hey, um, why did you bring us to freedom? We would much rather be servants to the Egyptians. Now compute that in your personal DNA right now, and you go, you people are crazy. But yet in our own lives, what will we do? Instead of walking through to the next blessing and miracle that God has because we encounter him, we want to hold on to things that have bind us up. They've bound us up because we believe them, because we want them, because we think that they are better for us than what God has for us. That's what the children of God are dealing with in this moment. We want to go back. It would have been better that we died there than we die here. And you notice how their mind is thinking, by the way. Not only are they now trying to compare freedom to bondage, they're also trying to compare life to death. And I can tell you, there is no exchange better than living in the life that God has given you as a gift. But yet they would rather experience death at the hand of those who have oppressed them than life under the hand of God who would lead them and bless them. That is how we act as people. And to do so is to miss what truly can be a life-altering encounter with God. What 
are some of the things that bind us up? What are some of the lies that bind us up? Well, when I look at how the children of Egypt face this moment, sometimes we get bound up first and foremost in holding on to what was. Something happened to you, something you went through, a difficulty that you faced, something that you believed back then, and it shapes you. And so, therefore, you live today based on what was yesterday. And the children of God then, just like you and I today, if we're not careful, we can be bound up in a lie like that. It would be better for us to go back, they said. It would be better for us to go back into that bondage, into that type of control, into that type of manipulation, into that type of circumstance where they were taking advantage of us. It would be better to go back. And God says, I'm not going to let you go back to that. I have to free you from that kind of lie. Have you been in bondage to something in your past, perhaps? And therefore, that's one of the lies that you need to be freed from with an encounter of God. Not going back to where you came from or what you went through or what happened to you, but moving ahead to something better that God has for you. They had to let go of what was in their past. Here's another lie that happens, and you see this for them in that moment. They are there, and they start to grumble and complain, and they cannot see their way forward because they are paralyzed in the present. So many times because of what you've heard, what you've been through, how we think at times as people, we get paralyzed in the present. And so what has happened in the past causes us to not be able to function in the present. And when you cannot function in the present, you need an encounter with God to set you free so that you can move forward into what he has for you. Some of the lies that bind us are the lies of our past, and we need to be set free from that. Some of the lies that bind us are the paralyzation that we experience in the present because we don't know how to move beyond what we feel, what we think, what we don't understand. And so we find ourselves at times stuck in the present because we're uncertain about what God may do in the future. And then perhaps one of the greatest lies that paralyzes people is fear. Moses had to tell them, do not fear, stand and watch what the Lord will do for you. But just as the past sometimes is a lie that keeps us in bondage and the present, we find ourselves paralyzed from being able to move forward. A fear of God's best in the future sometimes keeps us from experiencing a real encounter with him because we'd rather either have the past or we're comfortable with the present and we don't know what he's going to do in the future and therefore we are afraid. And those are the lies that bound up the people of God as they stood on the edge of their deliverance on a seashore. And they have a choice to make. They have a choice. We can either go back, we can stand here and die, or we can encounter God. And God can do something great with this and move us out of this into something better for our future. And that's a challenge for you, for me, for us as people in this generation because a lot of people want to go back. Or we're stuck back there. Or a lot of people are living right now paralyzed in the present because it doesn't look like what it looked like a year ago. Or two years ago or four years ago or 40 years ago. And so you get paralyzed today. And then there's this uncertainty and this fear that will creep in. And that's a lie from the pit of hell to keep you back. Because the Lord wants to have you in a moment where you encounter him. Therefore, you can experience this life-altering moment where he marches you ahead to where he wants you to be. That's what an encounter with God does. And they allow us to let go of lies that will bind us up. Here's the second thing that an encounter with God 
will do. When you begin to encounter God and, and you realize, okay, I, I need a change. I need a change in the way I think, the way I act, the way I feel, the way that my soul and my belief system works. And I need to change that more toward God. So therefore, number one, I'm going to let go of the things that bind me up, the lies that hold me down. And then I've got to learn. And this is the hard one for me, for you, for all of us. I have to learn to let God fight my battles. We have to learn to let the Lord fight our battles. The children of Israel in this moment were powerless and defeated before their physical enemy. It didn't matter how loud they yelled, how much they rallied together with their voices. It didn't matter if they had tools to be able to try to fight back. They knew physically, in the flesh, they were beaten. There was no way for them to overcome the onslaught of the trained, professional, overwhelming enemy that was coming against them, heart, soul, mind, and strength. There was no way for them to beat that. And God says to them, be quiet. Why don't you stop talking for a minute? Stop clamoring for control. Stop trying to prove that you've got this. And why don't you back up for a minute and know that I've got your six? Why don't you back up for just a minute? Shut your mouth. And allow me to get your back. Let me guard your backside because you can't even protect yourself. All you're doing is digging a deeper hole. All you're doing is doubting me more and more as this enemy comes against you. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why don't you just silence yourself for just a moment and watch this. You want to see something? Watch this. When they were in the moment to allow God to fight their battles for them, God would bring a victory that was impossible for them to replicate, manipulate, or bring about in their own flesh. God would do something that only God could do. And for you and I to encounter Him, that's when we need God to bring about circumstances where He does what only He can do. When I Look at this passage, verse 13, verse 14, verse 19, verse 24, verse 25, verse 27, verse 30. They constantly echo certain things. Number one, uh, God tells them, stand and watch. Stand and watch. He doesn't say, bow up and fight. What's interesting about the DNA of people throughout all of history is that we are constantly fighting each other. We are constantly making battles against one another. Finding division in every possible way that we can. And we find reasons to justify it. I'm going to justify it. Therefore, that person is the enemy. And do you notice that even Jesus himself, when he was going to the cross and had every reason to justify his position as a good position to help 
people and to bring soul-saving salvation to their account? Do you notice that even when Jesus was criticized, ridiculed, beaten, and punished, he didn't have to offer a defense? He didn't have to say a word. Now let me make you feel good. And let me make you feel good. Jesus was the son of God. And even he as our model did not say a word. And he took it all on himself and all on his shoulders to do something better than anyone else, any cause, any agenda could ever do. That's the way God works. That's how God works on behalf of those who genuinely Want a life-altering encounter with Him that changes how we think, how we feel, how we believe, and how we act. That is what happened in the life of Jesus. And that's what God, even in the Old Testament, was trying to teach some people coming out of bondage. You want real freedom? Find your freedom in the presence of God. Because when He delivers that, He will do it in such a way that is miraculous. And what's that miracle? Stand before Him. It means nothing. But every battle that you fight through, that is a mental battle, that is a belief battle, that is an emotional battle, that is a physical battle. And you work through that in relationship with God. And you allow God to win those things with you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You allow Him to help you continue to overcome those. As you walk with Him through that and you give Him credit and praise for it, you're going to win. You will win. You will win in this life and you will win in the next. You will get ahead today not because you had to manipulate or you had to cut someone else's throat or belief system or break them down. No, you will get ahead because God is going to honor you. God is going to bless you. God is going to do that because he wants to do that for those who are willing to encounter him and allow him to bless them. And they are the ones who then in turn will say, God, it's all yours. God, you get all the praise. You get all the glory. You get everything that is good. God, you did this. What God said about the Egyptians is fascinating. I will be honored through Pharaoh. I will be honored through Pharaoh's army. I will be honored through Pharaoh's chosen chariots and I will be honored by all of the Egyptians. God just said that he would be honored by unbelieving people. God just said that he would be honored by implements and tools of this world. Then what would it be like if you and I as children of God who do believe Him, who are recipients of blessings untold, would choose to honor Him freely. Would choose to express that in glorious worship. Would choose to be the kind of people unlike His way of getting honor from a world that doesn't believe, getting honor from people who say they do believe. You see... Learning to let go of lies that bind us, past, present, future. Learning to stand silent and know the Lord is a warrior. He is a strong tower and all I got to do is run to Him and I will be saved. Learning to be able to allow God to turn seasons of mourning into seasons of joy and dancing. Learning to know that our Lord, He is a sun and a shield. 
He is someone who gives grace and glory. He is a God who withholds no good thing from those who will trust in Him. Learning to turn and be that kind of person is learning to be the kind of person who elevates His honor and His glory above all else. The Bible says this in Psalm 98, verse 1 through 3. Sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. Has God done anything marvelous for you lately? Sing to Him. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him, for her. The Lord has made His salvation known, and He has revealed His righteousness to the nations. He has remembered His love and His faithfulness to Israel. All of the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And that's why in Exodus chapter 15, verse 1, the children of God, after encountering a God like that and realizing that He's a God that frees them from lies and bondage, that He's a God that allows them to move forward to the best, that He's the kind of God that doesn't have to let people suffer and be under the worst, but He can fight on their behalf as a mighty warrior and set them free from the things that keep them bound up, then that does something. That causes people, it causes me, it causes you, it causes us to elevate His honor and His glory above everything else. And to do that is to truly encounter God. So when you think about your Red Sea moment, what's your Red Sea moment? When's the last time you marched forward in a miraculous way because God set the course and sure, you wanted what was back there. Yeah, I get that. Sure, you're dealing with your own problems today and yeah, I get that. Yeah, there's always an uncertainty about the future and fear will come in. But to sing praise, to give glory to God, to honor the God who is the one who will set you free and will move you ahead at all costs because He's that kind of God for those who will let Him be that kind of God for them. For those who will step back and say, okay, nope, you got it. God, you can get my back much better than I can. God, you got it. God, you can push this through much better than I can. God, you got it. And God, when you do it, I will praise you. I will honor you. I will elevate you because you are God and I am not. And that's when worship, that's when songs of praise, that's when your life really begins to flow because you wanted to encounter God. An encounter with God that's life-changing. It brings about this necessary change within us. A change of our heart. Change of our mind, change of our soul, and a change of our strength. Because that's who He is. And He is the God who is worthy to be praised. Will you pray with me for a moment? Father, your children right now, your sons and daughters, grafted in to the tribes of Israel by faith in Jesus. Your children today who have been redeemed from the life of flesh and brought alive to a life of spirit. Right now, God, I am praying that you will begin to set all of us free from the lies that bind us. Lies of the past. Lies that the devil uses in the 
in the present, lies that our opponents use to keep us back from the future that you have for your children today. God, today your children from their hearts renounce those things and instead choose you. Choose you as the God who will fight for their victory, fight for their good, fight battles that they cannot see, bring blessings that we do not deserve, do things that we cannot do for ourselves. God, I pray that your children right now are releasing those things and allowing you to intervene as God. Beyond any human means, God, you intervene. And with that, we praise you. We elevate you. We honor you. We set aside fear and we embrace faith. And with that faith, would you allow your children to shine so that they may shine for you and you alone, for your glory and your glory alone, for your honor and your honor alone. And it's because of the greatest name of all, our Savior, our Lord, who rescues us not only for forever, but for today. It's in Jesus' name. We're going to continue our series on encounter, but next week we're going to take a big step forward. The reason you and I get the privilege to encounter God today is because Jesus has paid a price for us to open the doors of heaven. When he gave his life on a cross, he shed his blood, his body was broken. He did something to open up for us a daily encounter with God that is much better than the encounters that we read about in the Old Testament. We get to have a daily encounter with God because of Christ, because he did the greatest miracle for us on the cross and he rescued our soul. Next week, we're going to remember that. We're going to celebrate communion together. We're going to provide that for you as you come. For those of you online, we have some instructions for you because we want you to be able to participate with us next week week as well and so you'll have some information this week coming to you through our social media make sure that you're a part of that if you're not able to be in person next week that's amazing we want you to prepare prepare your household prepare your home we want you to be ready as we participate in an encounter with God that will be expressed through communion next week and as we continue this series here's what I hope for you ultimately I hope that you will learn to become the kind of person that expresses your worship for what God through His Son Jesus has done for you. That's what we want to see as we continue through this journey together leading up to Easter. Which, by the way, we missed last year. But we have a reason to celebrate this year. And so I pray that this encounter series will build you up to saying, God, I just want to encounter you every single day. Before we go this morning, I, I want to thank you for being faithful both in this room and online with your giving throughout this year. A few weeks back, we published our budget for this year, which very simply we carried over from last year. We wanted to be faithful, not knowing what the world's going through, what things are going to look like. We just kept everything the same, yet with the same commitment to continue to be faithful, and we are. 
and we still have been. So I, I would like for two things this morning. Number one, I'd like for you as you give to just give your offerings today, both in the room and online, as an act of worship. And likewise, for those of you in the room, I'd like for you to just respond with a hearty and soulful amen in approval of our budget this year at Calvary being the same as we continue to stay on mission with Jesus to change our world. Can I get an amen from everyone here today to affirm what we're doing with our budget and with our ministry and with our offerings? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Now my prayer is that you may see the goodness of God this week. That if you need an encounter and a moment in your home, in your job, in your finances, in your health, in your mind, your heart, your soul, your strength. If you need that, reach out and that you will experience and you will see God do something amazing for you. God bless you all and may his presence rest on you as you encounter him this week.